Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, let me start off with this short little story. So during the time of the Revolution War, a man on a horse came across a few soldiers who were trying to move this big log. And there was an army corporal. Well, the rider came on his horse and asked the corporal, why aren't you helping? He says, I'm a corporal. I give orders. The rider just looked at him, didn't say a word. Took his horse, got real close, dismounted his horse, and got right with the men. Looked at them all and said, let's do this. And they all were able to move that log together because all they needed was one more man. So now you're probably wondering, who was that man? What's actually a general by the name of General George Washington. You see, he understood too much is given, much is required. He also understood humility. I mean, this example invites us to admire George Washington and to have a disdain for this corporal. General Washington knew the power of true leadership is demonstration. See, our current culture wants to convey to us that the arrogant athlete, that the bully politician, that the egotistical pop artists are somehow worthy of great public honor. See, the person of pride thinks they can validate their self Proclaim greatness by their wealth, by their status, by their accomplishments. Yet they're only fooling themselves. I don't know about you, but have you ever fooled yourself? I'm honest. God always opposes the pride of self-centered people. Look at Haman in the story of Esther. Look at King Nebuchadnezzar. There he was on the lanai. And he says, look at this great Babylon that I have built myself. God, I just warned him a year ago. And with it, before the morning hit, he was out there eating grass like a cow. Wow. His hair turned into dreadlocks, into feathers, Scripture says. See, God opposed both of them because of their pride. And that was their downfall. See, as Christians, we should want to be humble. We should want to be kind. We should want to be helpful. We should want to be loving. To think of others more than we think of ourselves. When you take a hard look at yourself, are you more like the corporal or more like George Washington? Are you more humble or are you more prideful? It's just you you're asking. See, in today's message, we get an opportunity to learn 
from an example of Christ who humbled himself and how he conquered death so that we might experience abundant life. What a king. What a savior. What a servant of all. Now, as humble and as admirable as it is to look at George Washington and the story, he pales in comparison to the greatest example in Jesus Christ. Listen to Paul's words here in Philippians chapter 2. We'll start at verse 3. Paul says, he's writing this letter to the church there at Philippi, and he says, hey, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Think of others as better. The word better meaning more worthy, more valuable than yourselves. Don't look at only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Wow. See, Paul's directive is for the believers to be like Christ. Our heart attitude needs to be like Christ. To not be self-centered. Our actions are to mirror the actions of Jesus. And yet, we can still struggle with pride. And yet we call ourselves Christian. Oh, I'm preaching to myself right now. And if you get something out of this, that's good too. A church located in a town, in a small town, had a small little Bible college there. And and they needed a substitute preacher because their preacher was going on vacation to visit family. So they called up that local Bible college and said, Do you have anybody that could come and preach on such and such Sunday? They, they said, yes, they got their most promising Bible students, straight A's. All of the professors loved him. He was, he was so smart. He was so talented, so gifted. And when he would walk through the double doors, he would barely fit because his ego and his head was this big. So he wrote a sermon and he memorized the whole thing and he was ready. And when he finally got to the pulpit and he climbed up to preach, he couldn't remember anything. He muddled through and when he was all said and done, and he said amen. He was so dejected. He was so humbled. And as he stood by the door shaking hands, you know what's going to come next. There's got to be an old little lady, a church lady at that. And she had the wisdom of the king. She walked up to him and shook his hand and looked him right in the eye. And she said, if you had gone into the pulpit with the attitude that you had when you came out of that pulpit, you would have come out of the pulpit with the attitude you had when you went in to that pulpit. Ow. Philippians 2, here we go, Paul again, verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ had, though he was God. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. What's he trying to say? Jesus is God, and he's not making a big deal about it. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born 
as a human being to go from divine to human being to go from creator to creation when he appeared in human form verse 8 he humbled himself in obedience to god and died a criminal's death on a cross you know paul he he really makes some very specific connections identities about what christ is doing here and who he is and i believe we can need to get on board with it as well because you remember christian means to be like christ christ like one of the first things we see that paul shows us in this text is don't take advantage or be demanding of your position or your title or in other words don't lord yourself over others have you ever seen the peacock at church or at your place of business? Good to see you today. God bless you, Ladon. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, excuse me, I've got to have my big Bible with me. Hallelujah. I read 30 books of the Bible just this morning. You guys laughing at me or laughing with me? I'm just wondering. We will all have opportunity to take advantage of other people. You don't have to be a pastor. You could be a parent. You could be a sibling. You could be a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker. Wherever you're at in your life, you could take advantage of people. But that's not humility. You know, Jesus also served others in that text. When Christ laid aside his royal position, he chose instead to become a servant. Throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus humbled himself and gave him himself to do what? To serve others. He wasn't just giving them bread and fish at times. He was serving them tangibly. Give your life away was another thing. He gave his life away. Jesus' humility led him ultimately to the cross. We're all familiar with that story of Jesus on the cross and the empty tomb. But the question I have is, where's your cross? What are you bearing? What are you sacrificing? What are you giving away? For the cause of Christ, for the King and His kingdom. What are you holding on to too tightly? Things that you want, your kingdom, your way of thinking, your dreams, your aspirations. How easy it is for us to make a new trinity. The trinity of me, myself, and I. What do you need to let go of? Where or who can you serve this week? Humility isn't as much of a destination to be reached as it is an attitude of the heart to be embraced. Humility is the shift from living life from the core values of Marvin to the core values of God. 
I go from focusing on what I think is most important and valuable to focusing on what he says is most important, what is valuable. Humility, it's a big deal. It would be a grave mistake to think that humility is all about timidity or inferiority or weakness. They are not the same. It would be a profound way to think pride is above humility. Remember, I said that backwards. Hope you guys figured that out. God resists the proud because God hates the sin of pride. Let's look at something here. Proverbs chapter 6. There are six things that the Lord hates. Did you know God actually hates things? I'm really glad He didn't put my name there. Seven that are an abomination to Him. Whoo! That's even worse than hatred. Seventeen. Haughty eyes. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that make haste to run to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies. That's false accusations. And one who sows discord among brothers. Now notice, of the seven that God says is an abomination to him, don't you think number one would be like, what is that and why is it so important? You know what number one is? It's haughty eyes. You know what the word haughty means? It means arrogant, conceited, self-important, snooty, stuck up, puffed up. It means overconfident, condescending. How many want somebody like that for a best friend? It's clear why God abhors haughtiness. We already heard from Paul. So let's go to another disciple. His name is Peter, and see what he says about humility. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5-6, through 6, In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourselves in pride. Is that what it says? Dress yourselves in and humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He's quoting Proverbs. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, and at the right time, and at the right time, in the right decade, in the right century. I want it now. I'm an American. I like microwaves. Give it to me now. But God says in the right time, Marvin, He will lift you up in honor. Well, how about James? He's the leader of the Jerusalem church. What does he have to say? In James chapter 4, verse 6, he, he quotes, again, it's not in your notes, but he quotes the same Old Testament passage from Proverbs 3. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, all of these New Testament church leaders, Paul, Peter, James, are preaching humility. And both Peter and James they actually use the exact same Old Testament Scripture from Proverbs. God opposes the proud, 
the scornful, the mocker, and giving grace to the humble. Folks, we can never truly be humble or kind or loving to each other until we are completely submitted to the King of Kings. Now, obviously, no one here wants God to oppose them. Or, or am I wrong? Anybody here, you want God to oppose you? No? Okay. That, that's a strong enough argument by itself. Why you wouldn't want to be a prideful person. But let me take it a step further today. Turn with me to Psalm 138, verse 6. So, so we're going from not only God opposing, but now check this part out. This should terrify you. Though the Lord is great, He cares for the humble, but He keeps, what? See it with me. Ready? Begin. But He Did you catch that? Have you ever felt that God was far from you? You want to know why? Is there something in your life that the only person you're really lying to is the man and the woman in the mirror? Am I full of pride that he says he will keep his distance from me? Wow. Not only opposes me, but he will keep his distance from me. Pride, arrogance, self-centeredness is, is just incompatible with humility. Which means these are attitudes that you will only find with people who are far away from Jesus. These are heart positions and postures that will keep you at a distance from the presence of God in your life. Pride can and will destroy. Pride is a, is a big enough deal that the Bible addresses it in the Old Testament and the New Testament over and over and over again. You see, pride is more than just bragging and being arrogant. Pride is when I decide I'm going to remove God from His place and His Lordship and I now step in his spot, and I call the shots because now I'm Lord. I'm God. You know what the crazy thing is? We lie to ourselves and say we're not doing it. How many of you said, God, if you, God, if you, hmm? who else says, God, if you? Satan. If you're really the Son of God, turn those rocks into bread. See how that works? God knows if you eat of that apple, you'll be just like Him. God, if you really love me, God, if you really care, God, we start putting demands on Him. 
Humility, therefore, is really the opposite of those attitudes. It's not a self-condemning kind of thing either, or saying that I'm weak and I'm inferior. No, not, not that kind of a mindset. Humility is rather living in the truth that I am not God. The world does not revolve around Marvin or around you. The fact that that I have needs. The fact that I'm not in charge or in control of the universe demonstrates that I'm dependent upon God. The greatest example of humility can be found in the life of Jesus Himself. Jesus shows us that humility comes from strength rather than from weakness. That it comes from confidence and not from insecurity. So let's look at humility at work in Jesus. Turn with me to John 13. It's a lot of text, but I, I, I just believe in the Bible. No apologies, amen? Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave the world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. Verse 2. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter <laughs> said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? What's he trying to say? This is the lowliest thing an individual could do. If you were a servant in the house, this was the lowest job there was. It's one thing to have to take, you know, the poop bucket out. Because nobody has to see you. But everybody has to see you when you get down to do the feet. Can't hide that from anybody. He says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Rabone, teacher, Messiah, Christ. What? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Give me a bath. Jesus replied, a person who has Bathe all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. <laughs> yeah, Judas. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? See, this is a life lesson. This is a lesson. 
You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right. Because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to watch, wash each other's feet. I have given you the example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sent, sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for, say it with me, doing them. Amazing. He's about to go to the cross. He's wanting to make sure he, that he's making the point to them. Serve other people. Stop whining about me. My, you know what's really sad about the Western Christianity gospel we preach? We make it all about me, myself, and I. We say, what can God give me? What can God make happen in my life? I want the bigger job, the better job, the best husband, the best wife. I want the best kids of the bigger house, the boat. I want all the stuff. If you really love me, God. And what does Jesus do? Let me wash you. Let me serve you. He's the king. He's the king of kings. And he's down on his knees. It's the last time we serve somebody. And that's so other people would know. But because it was the right thing to do, because Jesus showed me, He showed me how to love. He showed me how to serve. He showed me how to be humble. He showed me how to forfeit my pride. The washing of the feet was incredibly low. The feet were considered the most dirtiest part, most unclean part of a person. There's so much to be seen, so much to be learned from the example from this text. And Jesus wanted his disciples, he's wanting his church, the individual believer. I mean, this life lesson, it's not only so profound, it's Deep in emotion. He's demonstrating to these men that he loves them. And when you serve others, you serve with the love of Jesus. That's emotional. He wanted the disciples to know how much he loved them. So he took the position of a low servant. He washed those dirty feet clean one example one example he did this to show them his love and care not because they were just disciples but because he called them family and because he called them friends 
At some point, they were strangers. That's what we're supposed to do, Christians. How can you serve? This example in John chapter 13, it's recorded for us. I said it's recorded for us. It's recorded for us. It's recorded for us. So we can see and know and so that we can teach our children and our children's children how He loves them, how He loves us. So let's close with a few quick questions here. Challenging questions. Is there some pride in your life that you need to confess to God? Is there some pride in your life that you need to confess to God? Here's another one. How will the example of Christ impact your daily routine today, tomorrow, next week? And like Jesus, who do you need to serve this week? Who do you need to serve this week? You see, when I'm full of pride, I want somebody else to serve me. But when humility is all over me, how do I serve you? It's a challenge. We're going to close with Luke 14. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Humility is the key. Pride is that which will cause God to oppose you. Cause God to put distance between you and Him. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, thank You for loving me. For serving me when I did not deserve it. For dying on the cross for my sins. Help me to be honest with You. With myself of my shortcomings. God, forgive me of my pride. Of my arrogance. My self-centeredness. God, help me to identify with Jesus by the way I treat people. This doesn't mean those who have offended me. This doesn't mean that those who have taken advantage of me, those who have hurt me, I forgive them. Not because they deserve it, but because you've told me to. And out of humility and obedience, I let it go. For your word says... If we cause one of these little ones to stumble, better a millstone wrapped around your neck and thrown in the ocean than what God will do. Lord, let's not make our our victimhood and our offenses reason to not be humble, to not embrace humility. Look what they did to you in all of your innocence and purity and goodness. And yet, you washed your disciples' feet. Father, whenever I'm tempted to think more of myself 
then I ought to help me to humble myself. Remind me that the first shall be last and that the last shall be first. God, thank you for the opportunity to serve, to serve you and to serve others, whether Christian or not. If that's you and you prayed that prayer and you want to respond to that, you want to get it right between you and God, would you look up at me? Would you raise your hand? I just want to pray with you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Wonderful. 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 Father, for each and every person who they prayed that prayer, I pray, God, you set them free. Now, Lord, would they feel your love? Would they feel you washing their feet, knowing that we're not worthy and deserving of that? But that's how perfect your agape love is. God, touch your people. Oh, God, thank you for showing us, Lord, just how great you are, how loving you are, how humble you are. So help us to be kids just like you, just like our Father God. Bless your people. Bless this week. Speak, Holy Spirit when it's time to serve. And we would mount up with obedience and with humility. Lord, Your will, Lord, Your way. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.